And so we're gonna go now and hear from the book of John. And then we will discuss all these things about being a witness of God in the world. Hear now the word of the Lord. Now there is a Pharisee, a man named Nicodemus, who was a member of the Jewish ruling council. He came to Jesus at night and said, Rabbi, we know that you are a teacher who has come from God for no one could perform the signs you are doing if God were not with him. And Jesus replied, very truly I tell you, no one can see the kingdom of God unless they are born again. How can someone be born when they are old? Nicodemus asked. Surely they cannot enter a second time into their mother's womb to be born. Jesus answered, very truly I tell you, no one can enter the kingdom of God unless they're born of water and the spirit. Flesh gives birth to flesh, but the spirit gives birth to spirit. You should not be surprised at my saying, you must be born again. The wind blows wherever it pleases. You hear its sound, but you cannot tell where it comes from or where it is going. So it is with everyone who is born in the spirit. How can this be, Nicodemus asked. You are Israel's teacher, said Jesus, and do you not understand these things? Very truly, I tell you, we speak of what we know and we testify to what we have seen, but still you people do not accept our testimony. I've spoken to you of earthly things and you do not believe. How then will you believe if I speak to you of heavenly things? No one has ever gone into, the heaven, into heaven except the one who came from heaven the son of man. Just as Moses lifted up the snake in the wilderness, so the son of man must be lifted up that everyone who believes in him may have eternal life in him. This is the word of God for us, the people of God. And together we say, thanks be to God. Will you pray with me? Lord, we thank you for your word. May it always be a lamp unto our feet and a light unto our path. May the words of my mouth and the meditations of all of our hearts be acceptable in your sight, O Lord, our strength and our redeemer. And all God's people said, Y'all sleep. Y'all got work off tomorrow, so you're just, you know, you stay up too late, morning. I mean, or celebrating, whichever it was. Let's try that again. All God's people said? Amen. All right, all right. That was almost Matthew McConaughey. All right, all right, all right. For weeks now, we've been talking about this disciple's path. And when we say the disciple's path, I do wonder what you are imagining in your head when you hear the word path. Like we've probably heard lots of poems or read lots of stories about the road less traveled or the paths we've taken. But what are you actually thinking about in your mind? Do you imagine maybe a, a dusty road or a path through the woods, like a trail if you're on a hike? Maybe you imagine an eight lane superhighway with no toll road on it because God wouldn't build a toll bridge, I mean road, would he? That was an inside mobile joke. I was just kidding, just ruffling feathers. I don't know what you picture, what you have in mind, but I want you to set that aside for just one second and I want you to imagine something else with me. I want you to imagine that the path is like a beam of light, a beam of light. Have you ever seen a path made out of light as it maybe comes through a window in an old gym or maybe as it comes through a cloud, this beam of light strikes the earth. It looks like it is made out of substance, right? It doesn't look like you can't touch it. Like our, um, our physics teachers used to tell us that it, light actually is substance, not just energy. Because when you see it, it looks like something you can reach out and grab. You see things kind of floating through it. 
if you're in a dusty room, you, you can kind of see the particles in the air. So I want you to imagine yourself in this windowless room and there's a door and the door cracks open just a bit. So this beam of light that we're talking about comes through. Do you see it? You see it in your mind's eye. You're in a windowless room. It's dark, but there's a door and the door's cracked open just enough so you can see this beam of light. You can stand above the beam and see it. You can stand below the beam and see it. You can stand to the left or right. You can measure it. You can check it out from every angle. But as long as you just remain outside of the beam looking at it, you're never seeing what's on the other side. If you get into the light, if you look directly to the source of where that light is coming, everything changes. If you stand right in that beam and gaze at its direction, you see a whole new world. You see the outside on the other side. You see the trees, the colors, the people passing by. You turn your head, you're back in a dark room. You can observe the light, but when you get into it and you stare at where it came from, everything changes. Suddenly, the entire world is different. Here's what I want you to understand. There's a world of difference between looking at the light and living in the light. Today in our gospel lesson, we encounter Nicodemus. Nicodemus comes to Jesus in this book of John and he comes at nighttime, almost kind of hiding the fact that he's there because Nicodemus is a religious leader and the religious leaders have had confrontations with Jesus and they don't wanna give him the credit in public. And so he comes to Jesus and he says, congratulations, Jesus. We, the elite, the learned ones, the people who are in the know, we have checked you out. We've looked at you from every angle and we think you are legit. God is doing something with you. You've got a really cool take on the word and you are interesting. And he says, we approve of you, Jesus. And Nicodemus is a big deal. So this should be a big deal to Jesus, that the religious leader is finally affirming his work. For so long, they've been rebelling against it, pushing against it, plotting against it, trying to trap Jesus and then here's Nicodemus saying, actually, you know what? There's no one that could do what you could do if God was not with them. And so this should be a, like a hallmark moment where the music begins to swell and Nicodemus and Jesus hug it out and then they become best friends, right? But somebody forgets to cue the orchestra. There is no music. There's no embrace. As Nicodemus stands there in the dark, looking at Jesus and saying, we know God is with you, Jesus says to Nicodemus, he says, you have no clue what you're talking about. Not you or your whole group of friends understands who I am and what I'm doing. Jesus said, if you want to see the God at work, then you have to have a new set of eyes. You have to be born again. Can we all agree at this point that Jesus would make a really bad television salesman? Because like on the TV ads, they give you a 30-day free trial, right? Try it risk-free for 30 days and you can return it. 
sleep on this bed for 100 nights and you can return it. I am actually always wondering, has anybody ever returned a mattress? Because I don't wanna have to pack it up. I don't know. Anyway, Jesus, though, looks at them and says, look, this is exactly who I am and here's why you should believe me. He just keeps telling people over and over again, follow me, walk with me. You'll never understand it until you're in the light. You've gotta walk into it. He doesn't give a trial period. He doesn't give a, just observe for a little while. He says, jump straight in, follow me, walk with me, be with me, do as I do, be holy as Christ is holy. There are all kinds of things that you can know only from being on the inside that you can experience and it will change your life. It's one thing to observe, to watch, and it's a whole other thing entirely to do it. Like sports. I'm really good at watching sports and I learned from experience that I'm really bad at playing them. I wouldn't have known that if I had just observed it. What is it in your life that you're like, you know what, I could do that. How many times have you watched some amazing feat or read the Guinness Book of World Records? And you're like, you know what, I could eat 89 hot dogs in an hour. And then you try it. There's a world of difference between observing, between learning and experiencing. Richard Rohr, one of my favorite modern thinkers, Catholic theologian, says, there's certain things you can only know if you experience them. It's one thing to know it. It's another thing to experience it. And so today, Jesus lets us know that he and his kingdom are things that can only be known from the inside. You can observe it, you can watch it, but you'll never fully get it. You'll never fully know what it's all about if you're just looking at it from a different angle. How will you understand me, he says to Nicodemus, if I tell you the truth, if I talk to you of heavenly things, you didn't even understand the earthly things. I'm the only one who knows what heaven is, Jesus tells him. So how are you going to evaluate me and tell me I'm worthwhile? How are you gonna tell me that you can approve of me and my work if you're not actually a part of it? If you're just looking from the outside, if you are not actually journeying into the light? How often do we do the very same thing? Jesus is a crack in our world that shows us the kingdom of heaven. Amen. Jesus offers us this opportunity to see the world completely different. If we walk into the light, if we are on his path through the darkness, then our entire lives will change. We will no longer see everything as what we can get from the world, of what does the world have to offer us. But we'll say, what can we add how can we too make the kingdom known? And that's why we're concluding this morning by talking about witness. Witness was not one of the original vows of membership in Methodist Church. It was one that was added it's just in the past couple decades. It was added because we realized 
when we covenant with one another with our prayers, our presence, our gifts, and our service, those are all good things. But we should too remember that we are bearers of the image of God and that we are witness into this world on behalf of these sisters and brothers that we do life with. So when you are out in Mobile, when you are at your friend's house, when you are at the school of your children, when you are at your workplace, would I be glad to be represented by you? Would you be glad to be represented by me? That's part of what it means to witness, that people see you and they say, oh, they go to Dauphin Way, don't they? They see you and think, oh, aren't they followers of Jesus Christ? And this is just not about some sort of morality policy. It's about how the work we do in the world can be a witness in and of itself. How when we act on behalf of the kingdom, we are a witness for the kingdom. That's why on our commitment card, the last thing on there, on this section right here, before the Wesleyan Covenant prayer that we'll pray in a minute, are 10 ways that you can serve others and be a witness for the kingdom. Last week we talked about service and we were particularly talking about here in our church. But when we say witness, we're not just talking about going out with a bullhorn on the corner and telling people they're going to hell if they don't believe in Jesus. That is not a faithful witness. It's not just about judging people for being and doing things they ought not do. It's about how are you bearing the image of God in the world so that people can see the kingdom and want to join you in the light. When you serve with the backpack ministry, with the dwell, with the family promise, the jail ministry, Joy for Johnny, Meals on Wheels, Prayer Shawl, School Prayer Team, Society of St. Stephen's, or tutoring. When you do those things, all of them are a chance not only for you to serve somebody else, but to be a bearer of the image of God in the world. And there are more than just these things. We just know that these 10 things are ready to take on new people. That these 10 places to serve have opportunities for you. If you're looking for a place and don't have a place yet, if you want a place to be able to serve and bear that witness of God in the world, check one of those places because they could use you. And so as we think about all these things, our covenant together that we're about to make by dropping these cards in the basket are our declaration that we want to be a witness into the world on behalf of Christ and the people with whom we do life. Everything you're filling out on these cards that you've already filled out, they're here in the, they're on the aisles. If you haven't filled one out, take some time to do so. Maybe you brought yours with you from home. But this is a covenant that you're making with the person sitting next to you, with the person who's sitting in the sanctuary, who sat in the chapel. This is the covenant you're making with God that says, I wanna walk in the light. I don't wanna just observe from the outside. I've observed from the outside for long enough. Yeah, I've been a member here, I've filled out cards before. Or oh, this is my first time here, I'm not sure what's going on. But if you fill this out, you're saying, I want to be in the light. I want to see the world differently. I want to covenant and promise that I will offer you, and by you, I mean everybody in this room, my prayers, my presence, my gifts, my service, and my witness 
Towards the end of his chat with Nicodemus, Jesus says, light has come into the world, but men love darkness. Everyone who does evil hates the light and will not come into the light for fear his deeds will be exposed. Maybe this idea of covenanting, of committing is, is overwhelming to you. Maybe it seems like it's a bit too much. And so I can't let this moment pass without saying a word to, to you who might be holding back, who might be fearful. There is no one who's gonna force you to do this. No one's gonna make you commit. Jesus did warn us that we might find all sorts of reasons to avoid being in the light. Maybe we're afraid of being blinded, afraid to miss out on something else that could make us happy if we offer our time to the church or to serving. Maybe we're afraid of being exposed as not being good enough. Maybe we're afraid we won't live up to the standards we set on our own selves. To all those fears, Jesus says this. God so loved the world that he sent his only son so that whoever believes in him shall not perish but will have eternal life. God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world but to save the world through him. God is with us now and always. Our commitment to covenant to one another is a chance for us to promise that we want to be part of this light. And so as we wrap up our series, as we conclude about these six weeks, I just wanna lean in for one more second on this idea. You know, I, for a long time I've said this. You've heard me say this. I said it in the sanctuary a couple weeks ago. I've thought we should either get rid of membership of the church entirely or figure out a way to make it much more significant in our lives. Because where we are as Christians, for most of us in this 21st century, membership to the church means little to nothing. And it's silly to me that we still ask people to join the church. Because in our minds, membership is the same thing here as it is at our umpteenth number of other commitments. We are members of the Rotary or the Civitans, the Junior League, of a Mardi Gras society, of a PTA, of a team of some sort. You're a member of a board of every countless kind. And so the idea of being a member just means another commitment or another thing on top of another thing on top of another thing. And as a pastor and just as your brother in Christ, we have devalued membership in the church so much that I've I think it's kind of pointless at, as the way we treat it. And so that's why I said, you know, maybe we should just get rid of it. But then thankfully there are some, some wise people in this church who convinced me otherwise, who believe that we can move into a place where the covenant we make with each other and with God actually matters. Where we can say, hey, you know what? If I'm gonna be joining this church, if I'm gonna recommit my membership to this church or if I'm gonna commit it for the first time, then it is something that is gonna be part of who I am, not just something I do. Because the word member doesn't just mean engagement or, or something that is a obligation. The reason why we started calling it membership is because it was like you're actually part of a body and like a member of a body, just like Paul talks about. And so it's not just about what you get when you're here, but it's about what you give. Because if a body doesn't have some of its members, if it doesn't have its hand, if it doesn't have its feet, if it doesn't have its eye, if it doesn't have its nose, 
then it doesn't function in the way that it was designed to. That doesn't mean it can't get by and we can't learn how to work in other ways. But when you deprive yourself of the commitment you've made here, you're actually depriving everybody else too. And so do not bring a commitment card up here if it's not something you don't believe in. Don't join this church if you're not willing to live into these vows. Please keep being in attendance. Continue worshiping, letting God work on your heart. Everybody is welcome here. All people are welcome at Dauphin Way and I Mother's Church. But if you're gonna commit, if you're gonna say, I, I covenant, I promise my prayers, my presence, my gifts, my service, my witness, then I pray it matters. And so on this Commitment Sunday, let's make it different than any other one. Let's make putting things in this basket a promise that we intend to keep, a covenant that we intend to live into, and a commitment that we place at highest value because we have seen the light and we wanna live into that light and we wanna be the people God has called us to be. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, and all God's people said, amen.